Hi, travelers. Kevin here. And believe it or not, we are cruising towards the end of the Juno and Second Citadel series, which is wild. That's a lot to wrap my head around. Hopefully it's not news to you that this is the final season of Juno and Second Citadel, but uh, if it is, welcome. We only have a few stories left. So uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to sort of give you a broad outline of what the release schedule for those stories will be. If you are subscribed to our online newsletter, which is on Patreon, this is all going to be repeat information. Um, if you're not subscribed to our online newsletter, why not? It's free. Just head on over to patreon.com slash the penumbra podcast. You can join. You can follow us for free. And every other week or so, you will get access to a traveler's log, a newsletter where we update you on news and Harley and I write a little thing about our creative process uh, each time. And we give you recommendations for things we've been watching, reading, playing. You get some recommendations from the cast and crew. It's, it's a great time. And especially where the these shows are coming to a close fairly soon. If you want updates on what we're planning next, what we're going to do next, because we are not disappearing off the face of the planet. At least it's not on my schedule. I, I'm not planning on disappearing off the face of the planet. The best way to do that is to follow us over there uh, because we will keep you updated every step of the way. So if you are morning like i am the endings of these shows and you are looking forward to the next thing make sure you go on over to patreon.com slash the penumbra podcast join us for free that's enough uh hemming and or hawing though let's jump into it let's talk about the release schedule for the rest of the season so these are broad dates over the course of april to may you can expect the next second citadel story the fall parts one and two from may to june you can expect another juno story uh, i'm not going to give you the title yet you're gonna have to be patient then from june to july will be the second citadel finale and the end of july slash early august will be the juno steel finale that is how close we are we are cruising towards end of july early august uh this eight year uh set of stories uh, is coming to an end which is wild it's hard for me to wrap my head around because we are so close to the end, I do have to ask if you have ever thought about supporting the Penumbra on Patreon, if you've ever thought about supporting us financially, if you have a friend or a family member or anybody else who has thought about supporting us financially, um, now's the time. It is it is not easy for me to ask for money. It's tough. But I do have to say our, our support has flagged a little bit over the course of the season on Patreon, and we are sort of right on the knife's edge of being able to continue to do this and being able to do the next things that we want to do, the next big secret projects that we want to do. We get exit surveys from Patreon that say why people have stopped pledging. And for the vast majority of everybody, it has been financial situations changing. It's a tough time to be a person right now. So really don't stretch yourself past a point that is safe for you to pledge or up your pledge. I, I would I would feel just awful if anybody did that. But if you have any spare income that you're willing to send our way, if our stories have meant something to you, if you want to show us that they've meant something to you, if you want to see the next thing that we make, now's the time. And you get access to, at this point, a frankly insane amount of bonus content. At the $7 level, you get access to all the production scripts, which are always full of bonus stuff, um, behind the scenes stuff. And at the $10 level, you get access to uh, like hundreds of hours of commentaries at this point that range from actually serious, this is how we make the show type stuff, and extremely silly, uh, breathing with the boys, Lord Arm fan cast uh, type stuff. So it would just mean the world to us if you could support us and help us out 
it is no exaggeration to say that the only thing that I want to do with my life is make stories, make stuff for you all to see. And that's only going to be possible if our support keeps up. And I, and I know it's going to, it's going to fall a little bit after the end of Juno and second Citadel. So anything that you can do to show that you are going to stick with us, that you're going to help us out will make our next project more likely stronger, better, uh, harder, better, faster, stronger, etc. And thank you so much. If you're already pledging, thank you so much just for listening. Uh, it's crazy that we've gotten to do this as long as we have. And I'm so, so grateful for it. That's enough of that, though. Uh, you all have a story to get to. So I will uh, see you later uh, and I'll see you in not too long for the finales to these stories. Uh, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Tonight's tale is Juno Steel and the Recipe for Disaster. No, I don't know why the lights are off, Father. I don't know, Father. The, the, the switch won't work either. Is this what you're looking for? <gasps> Who are you? The best thing that ever happened to you, doll. You should call the police, so says Father. And I think I agree. Drop that comms, ma'am. <gasps> this is an appointment you can't afford to skip, because old Rita's offering you something you really, really need. Money? Nuh-uh, toots. Security. We system. We already have a security system, says Father. And it's a very expensive one, I must add, so it must be good. Then how do you explain me, huh? And how do you explain this? All doors unlocked. How, how did you do that? I'm a hacker, ma'am. It's my job, but don't worry, I'm a good guy hacker. A white hat hacker, then? Actually, I look better in pink. And why are you here? Because I heard you were in need of my services, ma'am. See, little readers keep their ears to the ground, and I heard you were all having a problem. A thief kind of problem. But father, our security systems have failed once already. Skipper can't do it all on their own. What did he say? We don't even know if this intruder knows anything about security, father says. But if she's made it past our security system, Father, isn't that proof enough? Oh, I can do a lot more than get through your security. Watch this! And... There! There what? <laughs> Caution! Two intruders discovered in the central office. I repeat, two intruders in central office. Subject identified as a big doo-doo head and... A big doo-doo <laughs> head, <laughs> Father says, all right, all right, just stop that alarm. Okay. What specifically are you after? So asks Father. I want a full tour of your security system so I can beef it up for you. I want all the information on what got stolen and when and why so I can maybe find it for you. And I want one thing most of all. Which is... A box of limited edition Cricket Crunch cereal, unopened, with the prize still inside, please. Readers don't work for free, you know.
And that's how it all happened, Mr. Steele. I got the job, just like you said I would. Perfect. I don't remember telling you to ask for the cereal, though. Mm, nuh-uh. I'm pretty sure I remember you telling me to ask for this nummy cereal. Through the reinforced plastic window that separated us in the prison's visitation room, I could see Rita take down handful after handful of Cricket Crunch cereal. A little flare of anger went up in me, but I tamped it down quick. Sure, the man I loved was on the line when I was stuck behind bars, and sure, Rita was my only chance out of here, and she'd bet part of that chance on a box of cereal. But I knew she'd pull through in the end so long as I handled her right. And the first rule of handling Rita is to let Rita be Rita. My name is Juno Steele, and usually I'm the private eye. But thanks to what we're going to call extenuating circumstances, today that job goes to the woman who's usually my secretary slash sidekick, Rita. So, um... What do you think, Mr. Steele? Did I do a good job? It sounds great so far. And you checked out the crime scene for me, too? You betcha. They sent me in with Skipper Rao, Melinda Rao's kiddo. And let me tell you, Skipper has some anger issues to get out, especially about their grandpa, Horace. Whew! He's just mad disrespectful, man. And to my mom, too, you know? Like, what? I'm just gonna let a guy like that walk all over my own mother because he's my own mother's own father? And when he's not around, the vibe is just so... Peaceful, and I know all about it, all that respecting my elders stuff. He just ruins the peaceful vibes. I'm gonna beat the hell out of him. Your own grandfather? Somebody's gotta do it, man. Somebody has to. When I asked the Rouse if they could show me around a security system, Melinda called Skipper in to do the tour, because they have, you know, half of the security system. I told Mr. and Miss Rao that I was better at examining code than people, but I gave Skipper a once-over anyway just to be polite. So when Skipper brought me to the greenhouse, I asked all those questions you asked me to ask, Mr. Steele. But, um, was Grandpappy's recipe the only thing that was taken last night? Some flowers, too, I guess. Some flowers? Don't tell Gramps. He'd be pissed. Out of a whole greenhouse of rare and exotic flowers, the thief only took Gramps' favorites, the kind he used to give his husband. Oh, yeah? What was his husband like? Dunno. He was dead before I was ever born. But I don't get it, Mr. Steele. What would Mr. You-know-who-I-mean want with some flowers? I don't know. Did you take a look at the missing flowers yourself? Was there a mess near the pot where they were being held? Flower petals all over the place? Soil on the ground? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I didn't look. Does it matter? Might. Might not. Let me think about it. What else did Skipper say to you? Not much till dinner. Dinner? Well, yeah, Mr. Steele. It's a family business. That means once I joined the business, they had to make me family. Okay. What did everyone say at family dinner, then? Not much for a while. Everyone was real quiet. I think because they were so worried about what they were going to do without Grandpappy's recipe. But everyone was there. Grandpa Horace and Melinda and Skippa. And and even Melinda's husband came out of the lab to join us, but I never got his name. They don't let him talk much. Skippa was the one who talked first, but I don't think Grandpa Horace liked it. Can I go? Not until you finish your vegetables, dear. No, I mean, can I leave Tyr and this stupid family business for good? Because without Grandpappy's recipe, I don't think it's going to stay a business for very long. Grandpappy's recipe isn't all this company has to offer, according to Father. It isn't? What else is there then, Melinda dearest? Don't talk with your mouth full! Righto. More mashed potatoes, Rita? Actually, I don't need anything that ain't vacuum sealed or shrink wrap, so... Um, thank you, I guess. Uh, but what else does your company make? I'm new here, so I get to ask. Oh... 
many things, of course. Uh, there's great demand for smaller, more personal mom-and-pop touch-in corporate pharmaceuticals. Oh yeah? Name one. Um, well, there's... Of course, there's always... Foot creams! Yes, that's right! We have a wide range of foot creams for the discerning shopper. Yeah, and what do they do? Um, well, there are many varieties that presumably do many... Um, things. So, could you repeat the question? I hate this family, and I hate this business even more. You will sit down this instant, Skipper Rao, says Father. And to that I would add, you will sit down right now, please, Skipper. Oh, what's the point? We never should have had a business in the first place. Just because Grandpa's grandpappy was some genius mad scientist, we should get to live off his big invention for generations? It's stupid. You all are stupid. And so am I. Don't you turn this one around on me, Gramps. Your husband's probably rolling over in his grave looking at us now. We're pathetic. <gasps> and I agree! Out, Skipper! Out! You know how much something like that hurts your grandfather! Fine. I'm leaving. These mashed potatoes really are quite good, dear. Is there some secret- Shut up, dearest! Righto! So that's how dinner went. The mashed potatoes were really pretty good, though. And after that, I came back here to visit you. And then you said- Thanks, Rita. Uh, but the recap can stop there. Mrs. Steele, can I ask you something? Shoot. Okay, then I won't. You don't need to cuss at me. No, I, I mean, what's the question, Rita? What's any of this got to do with you getting out of jail? I mean, we don't need to solve a case this time, right? We know who really stole Grandpappy's recipe because you watched him do it. Just because we know who doesn't mean we know how, Rita. And I'm guessing the how is going to be what makes the rows admit they locked up the wrong thief. Did you check up on the security system like I asked? Sure I did, but I'm not sure what I found is going to be very useful. Uh, tell me anyway. Well, I deleted all the traces of me getting you into the greenhouse, but besides that, the doors only opened one time that night, when someone used the password to get through. But we already knew about that, Mr. Steele. That must have been when the thief came in and found you in the greenhouse. He must have known the password, but where'd he get it from? I don't know. This is making a few things I was curious about seem a lot more important all of a sudden. All right, Rita, there are three things I need you to look into. You betcha. What are they? First, I think we need to show our hand a little bit and see how the rows react. I want you to tell him that we know for a fact that one of them helped the thief get away with Grandpappy's recipe. Great. Yeah, right away. Just one thing. Yeah? Do we know that for a fact? Nope. We're close enough to start bluffing. We have one major advantage this time, Rita. We know who the thief is, and we know his methods. You said someone accessed the password system last night, and I'm willing to bet that means our thief got some help from within the family. Couldn't he have just hacked in like we did? He could. But does that seem like his style? No. He makes friends, or more than friends, and he uses those connections to his advantage. Either he got someone to tell him the password, or he had someone enter it for him. And since I didn't see him entering it anywhere before the alarms went off, I'm willing to bet he had someone help him out. Okay... Okay, that makes sense. So you want me to tell the Rao family that we know one of them helped the thief? Exactly. And I want you to watch Skipper's reaction in particular when you tell them that someone helped the thief out, and tell me what you see. Okay. You said three things, right? Yep. 
Second, I want you to go back to the scene of the crime and look for the flowers that went missing. I need to know what kind of flowers they are. And when you find their pot, I want you to make a note of how it looks. If there's a mess, dirt, flower petals, all that kind of thing, I want to know. Flowers again? Why, Mr. Steele? Because I say so. And third, I want you to hang around the scene of the crime through the night and tell me if anybody returns to it. Oh, I get that one. Because the bad guy always returns to the scene of the crime. Not always, Rita, but they do tend to check up on it. And that's what I'm hoping for. Time's up, Steele. I gotta go. But figure those three things out and report back, all right? All right, Mr. Steele. Skip his face and flower mess in the scene of the crime. Skip his face and flower mess in the scene of the crime. Skip his face and flower mess in the scene of the crime. She went off like that, chanting our three leads under her breath to make them sticky in her memory. I was antsy waiting for Rita to get back, but not because I was worried. Give Rita direction and tell her to go, and she'll nail it every time. You've just got to be clear about the direction you ask her for. I didn't have much to do in my cell between visits from Rita besides think. About the case, sure, but you can only look at a puzzle from so many angles before you have to admit that you don't have all the pieces yet. Mostly I was thinking about Nureyev. About what a future with him would even look like. And the only way I could think of to see how the future might be was by looking at the past. The first promise he made me, for example, after the Grimm's Mask case. Bouncing around the galaxy, unanchored, spinning from planet to planet, and adventure to adventure. I'd said yes to that, eventually, and then vanished on him. But did coming back mean that's what I wanted? Could I live life like he did, thrill to thrill and planet to planet? I wasn't so sure. There was another love bubbling up in me that I hadn't expected. Another love I couldn't stop thinking about holed up in that prison on a far-off planet. It wasn't for a person, not like Nerea I've had with Slip. It was for a skyline. You ever have one of those dreams where someone who's dead and gone is right there beside you like nothing happened? And part of you knows it's wrong, but the rest of you falls right into it. All the old jokes, the memories, the manner of speech, they all come rushing back, and you're a version of yourself you thought was dead again, and maybe even missed him. That's the kind of dream I kept having. I'd be back in my old office again and looking out the window, and there it was. Hyperion City. My city. I could smell the grease from the fried cricket carts outside, and I could see the violet smog settling on the rooftops, and there was that skyline. So clear I could draw it from memory, the bulging spire of the Iris building, the rat trap apartments across from my office, the floating mansions overhead, and the lurking shadows of Old Town in the distance. It wasn't a very nice city, but hell, I'm not a very nice lady. (laughs) We were made for each other, and... Sometimes I missed it so much the feeling took huge bites out of my guts just for the attention. I was dreaming about my city when Rita came back to visit the next day. It took a little while for me to shake myself awake from it. All right, Mr. Steele. I did everything you said, and now guess what? I think I know who done it. It was definitely- Hold that thought, Rita. Remember what Puck always used to say. I'll take mine with six creams and ten sugars? No, there's no conclusion until you've gathered all the evidence. So, let's gather it. Tell me what you found. Ugh, fine. 
start from the beginning. Did you tell them that we know one of them helped the thief get away with it? I sure did, Mr. Steele. And I made it really tense and dramatic, just like you asked. I don't remember asking. Here's how it went. First, I gathered the whole family in one room under the pretense of dinner. And then I dropped the whole twist right on their heads. And I agree. What's this all about, Rita? Do you already have security recommendations for us? Or money? We would also take money. I got a security recommendation, all right. It's that you all watch each other very, very closely. Pay attention to every little move you make. What's that supposed to mean? It means that the beginning of my investigation has come to one main conclusion. That someone in this room helped the thief steal Grandpappy's recipe. (gasps) And you checked to see Skipper Rao's reaction? What was it? Sure did, Mr. Steele, but it didn't make any sense to me, because the thing is, Skipper looked... I don't know, kind of relieved. (sighs) Yeah, I thought they might. You did? But how- Tell you in a minute. What about the missing flowers? Did you look for those like I asked? Of course I did, and- They were Sarasvatan orchids, weren't they? (laughs) You can't keep doing that, Mr. Steele. You're going to give me a heart attack. Sorry, tell it the way you want to tell it. Well, then maybe I will. Where was I? Oh, right. So, after dinner, where I told all the rows that one of them was the bad guy, I said I was going home. Only that was a sneaky P.I.-type lie. Because, really, I was getting ready for my big stakeout in the greenhouse all night. Coming up next on the Definitely True Stories Stream Marathon. A woman's one night off goes terribly wrong after a fateful encounter with sentient alien life. Oh, Ring, I ride around in sentient alien life all day. Well, I wonder what the Ruby's doing now. Around midnight, I heard footsteps coming into the greenhouse, so I found my spot peeking out of the bushes to see who it was. But no matter how hard I tried and looked, I couldn't make them out. I could tell they were near the flowers that got stolen, and at first I thought I heard them talking to themselves, but I couldn't figure out what they were saying. So I went deeper into the bushes and tried to creep up closer to get a better look. Hardly know why I put myself through this. Such a terrible inconvenience. Ridiculous. And you'll never guess who it was, Mr. Steele. Uh, one of, like, the four people it could have been? Yeah! How'd you know? Which one, Rita? Skipper's mom, Melinda Rowe! She returned to the scene of the crime, and just like I was saying, Mr. Steele, the bad guy always- What was she doing? That's the weird thing, Mr. Steele. She wasn't doing anything. Just standing there all mysterious, waiting for close to two hours. Then she left. But you know what that means, right? It means... What about the missing flowers? I didn't check them till the end of the night. Oh, I was gonna check them before, but I thought it'd be more important to get my stakeout and hideout already first. So, I spent a few hours setting out my sleeping bag and turning the stream marathon on on my comms and inflating my inflatable couch Was there any mess around the flowers, Rita? No, there wasn't a speck of dirt outside the pot! But what's any of that matter right now? Because the important part is we know who the bad guy is. We know who helped Mr. Ransom steal Grandpappy's recipe. We sure do. Want to say it on three? One... One. To Melinda Not Rao. Melinda Rao. Oh, but why, Mr. Steele, why? She returned to the scene of the crime, didn't she? Th- that line of reasoning has a little less weight when the scene of the crime is your own house, Rita. I guess so, but... But then why did you ask me to stay up all night stakeouting? If it doesn't matter who returned to the scene of the crime? I never said it doesn't matter. I said the thief isn't Melinda Rao. What? Look, here's the problem. We haven't established why Melinda Rao was there last night. 
the cleanly cut flowers help us to do that a little. Cut flowers? But I didn't even told you that the missing flowers looked cut yet. How do you know there was no mess? How'd you know the thief didn't yank them right out of the pot? I'll tell you in a minute, but you gotta let me have my fun first. After all, you're getting the most fun part of this case this time around. I am? What pot is that? The reveal! I'm sending you back to the rows one last time, Rita, and you're gonna get what we need most. A confession. So the next morning after we talked, Mr. Steele, I told all the rows I needed to have a big family meeting to share some big security-type news with them. Oh, Skipper didn't like being woken up so early, but just like you said, you gotta have an audience for the big reveal. Should we expect interruptions like this every day, asks Father? We're all very proud of you for doing such a good job, Rita, but at some point we do need to do our work. This'll be the last time I interrupt anybody's anything, Miss Rao. Well... Maybe I shouldn't make promises I ain't gonna keep. Can we just get to the point? I'm tired of you people. And also just tired. Now, Skipper, dear, let's all play nice and listen to what everybody has to say, like a good family. Well said, dearest. Now, Rita... Shut up, dear! Righto! Now, Rita, why have you gathered us all here? More security recommendations? Something much more important than that. I stand here before you today... To tell you that, I ran out of that Cricket Crunch cereal you got me and I need some more. Oh, and also I know who helped the thief steal Grandpappy's recipe. (gasps) Oh, that's the reaction I wanted. I might have done those in the wrong order. I agree, Father. You've said before that one of us helped the thief, but how do we know if that's true, Rita? According to the digital records, someone used their password to let the thief in on the night Grandpappy's recipe was stolen, but none of you will admit to entering the greenhouse that night. So one of you must be lying, Skipper! It wasn't me, all right? Tell me all about what else went missing the night Grandpappy's recipe was stolen. That's our biggest clue. Uh, The old man's gonna blow a gasket if I do. What is it, dear? What? His favorite flowers, all right? The ones he used to give to his husband. The Sarasvodden orchids. A bunch of them got cut the same night Grandpappy's recipe was stolen. Really? Why would the thief do such a thing? The thief didn't do it, Miss Rao. One of you did, because those flowers were meant for the thief. See, if the thief had taken the flowers, he wouldn't have had time to do so without making a mess. Soil or flower petals or something would have been spread over the ground around the flower pot. But the fact that the flowers were cut and there was no mess tells us one thing. Someone took their time getting those flowers ready for the thief, and that means it must have been someone who belonged in that greenhouse. Someone like one of you, Miss Melinda Rao. That could have been any of us. Why would you assume it was me? It could have been Skipper, for all you know. Gee, thanks, Mom. When I told you all that someone in the family helped the thief get away with Grandpappy's recipe, Skipper looked relieved. But why would they? If they had a pot in helping the thief out, they should have looked scared like you do right now, Miss Rao. I was relieved because if this family business goes under, I can finally go do something else. What's your excuse, Mom? I didn't cut the flowers, honestly. But you did go back to the scene of the crime last night, Miss Rao, and you stood there just watching it for almost two hours. Why is that? Seems mighty suspicious to me. Especially since you didn't sound too pleased to be there when I saw you. What? But why? See, I ain't usually a detective myself, but I've spent enough time around one to know the basics. Means, motive, opportunity. That's what you need to prove to catch a bad guy. 
Well, all you had the password, so there's your means. It happened in your own house, so there's opportunity. But the one thing I ain't got on you, Miss Rao, is the motive. And I think that's because you don't actually have one. Someone else has the motive here, and I think you were following their orders. Am I right? I didn't understand why he asked me to do it, but I did it anyway. Just like I always do whatever he says. Always. Who, Miss Rao? Father, of course! In the nights leading up to the theft, he sent me to bed early, and I went, just like I always do. But in the nights afterward... Afterward... He had you go down to the greenhouse yourself, didn't he? To watch and see if the thief would return to the scene of the crime. Oh, don't deny it, Father! Whatever you've done, why ever you did it, it's all over now! Something is not sober, sir. What did he say? Why would I help a thief steal Grandpappy's recipe? Father says. That's a good question, Mr. Rao. Why indeed? The only thing that makes sense is that the thief must have offered you something you wanted even more than your family business. Something you'd be willing to lose everything over. And I think I know what that something is. What? What is it? The answer's in those flowers you cut, ain't it? You took your late husband's favorite flowers with you to meet the thief. As a gift. Because those flowers reminded you of him. Because you were in love with him, weren't you, Mr. Rao? Father, is that true? See, we had a couple advantages you didn't know about, Mr. Rao. And a big one's that we know this thief and we know how he operates. He grabs you by your hot strings and he never lets go. That's what he did to you, ain't it? Please, Mr. Rao, we all know what happened. You can admit it now. And even if you ain't got your family business anymore, your family can move on to something new. He said that he loved me. And it was like a dream. Father? I spent my life working. Even when my grant was alive, I spent my time buried in work, weighed down by work, until my time with Grant was over. Keeping the family business alive the way Grandpappy wanted. It was a hard life, but it was the only life I ever knew. And then he said that he loved me. And for a moment, for a moment... Who said? The thief? More than anything else, he stole my peace of mind. I thought I was happy, running this company, keeping Grandpappy alive in spirit. Then he said he loved me, and it, it was just a hint of what I was missing. But I couldn't live without it. He'd sell Grandpappy's recipe, and then come back for me, he said. We'd run away together. He said. Part of me knew it was too good to be true, but after so long, so many years of such terrible weight on me, the dream of running away from it all seemed so sweet. I had to reach for it. Any of you would have done the same. I know you would. He said he loved me, and it was like a dream. A long sleep I let him lull me into. Oh, father. Gramps. Well, it looks like my work here is done. Um, actually, can one of you call to let Mr. Steele out of jail? Because my work ain't actually done till you do that. That's how it all happened, Mr. Steele, just like you said, but with a little bit of Rita Magic thrown in. 
lottery to magic, it sounds like. I knew I could count on you. Aw, thanks. I missed you. And the ruby did, too. Missed you both, too. I really did. But, well, now that we got you out of there, what are we supposed to do, Mr. Steele? We lost our only lead on Mr. Nureyev, and we don't know where the Dakana group is, and... Don't know where the Dakana group is? I don't know about that. Ruby, activate that tracker I had you print up for me. A tracker? But I thought the Ruby couldn't track Mr. Nureyev anymore. It can't. But it can print up something it can track. That's what I asked it to make for me before our big heist. The only problem we had was getting the tracker on Nureyev. If only we had something we knew he'd take back to the Dokana group. My grandpappy's recipe, Mr. Steel, you didn't! Did. We never needed to take grandpappy's recipe at all. In fact, it's exactly where we need it. According to the Ruby, it looks like the tracker's on the move and it's heading towards the outer rim. Ruby, you know what to do. Ruby sped out of Tyr's stratosphere. I kept chewing on Horace Rao's words. He said he loved me and it was like a dream. Like a dream that promise had been intangible, impossible to grab hold of, and Nureyev had left Horace grasping at air and empty promises for the future. I knew he hadn't done the same to me. That's not why I kept thinking about it. I knew Nureyev well enough to know he'd meant the promises he'd made me. I could count them, and I could count on them. But something about the only future Nureyev and I imagined for each other felt just as misty as the promises Horus fell for. Bouncing around the galaxy, two lovers without a home. The thought made me feel a sickening, zero-gravity weightlessness. Like nothing had heft, like nothing was real. Problems for another day, I thought as the ruby honed in on its tracker's current position. First, I'd find Nureyev and help him out of this galaxy-class mess he'd gotten himself into. The rest... Well, the rest we just have to figure out together. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider supporting The Penumbra. You can do so by buying our merchandise. Just search for The Penumbra Podcast on dftba.com to find posters, pins, apparel, soundtracks, and recordings of our live shows. You can also make a one-time donation to The Penumbra via PayPal at The Penumbra Podcast. Or, if you'd like to keep our stories running in the long term, we hope you will support us on Patreon. Every dollar helps. At just $4 per episode or higher, you will receive ad-free episodes two days before the public release. At the $7 level, you will gain access to behind-the-scenes content and production scripts. And at the $10 level, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from actor Kate Jones and co-creators Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert. What what about Rita would you say is not you? Maybe it's easier to do it that Smart. <laughs> Like, not, not, not that I'm not smart. No, just like she, I mean, but she's like a genius hacker, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I am certainly not that. But I feel like, I feel like all of her energy is very me. And I feel like she has gotten only more me over the years. Mm-hmm.
we would like to give thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Bettina Trevino, Charlie and Matt, Alim Muktadir, Brittany Potter, Sophia and Juno Adler, The Emerald Ate This Podcast Haha, Tony and the Case of the Final Season, Mr. Me, Myself, and I, Ren, Cody Spaghetti, Kira, Jack M. Cohen, Girl in the Midnight Sky, Thank you, Penumbra Team, for your amazing work. Braylon. Hannah and Leah's adventures and gender shenanigans. Ferdinand Antrelac. The Lady Guinevere ships Queen Mira and Sir Caroline. Shelley Schrode. Kevin, please say butts on live recording, thanks. Jammy. Osipit. Evit Kani. Diana Kaz. Benjamin Fisher. SCP Chloe. Desert Willow says happy 11th birthday to small child. Theo Alex Dean, Nate Gibson, Jun Gishoku, Skyfire Forever, The Lady Has Claimed Another One, Jay Hull, Stryker Flynn, Liv Allen, Alice the Time Lord, In Memory of Spiral Opal, Eden the Gay Bookworm, Michael David Smith, It's a Hard Day to Be a Scaly, Kiki's Podcast Patronage Service, Caroline Seidman, Radius Ulna, Rain and Pippin from the Glen Dimension, Karen ZH, Marrow, Genetic, Danny the Spoon Lord, Minchowski, Ash, Jamie Gunter, and Angel Acevedo for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. This tale, Juno Steel and the Recipe for Disaster, was told by the following people Joshua Elon as Juno Steel, Kate Jones as Rita, Craig Phillips as Horace Rao, Eleanor Cho Fellerhoff as Melinda Rao, and Lydian Milicaro as Skipper Rao. The Penumbra is created and produced by Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about the full production team, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid that is our time for today, dear traveler. We hope you will join us again soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.